Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder, and I'm the author of the new ROI series. Please check that out on Amazon. We're coming to you live today from the RVN Television Studios. I am pleased to welcome someone that I shared a speaker stage with at the FinEx conference not too long ago, talking about Sue Rosen. Sue, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Hi, Dave. Great to be here with you. Thank you for joining us at this ridiculous hour where you are in the world. Can't, can't tell you enough how much we appreciate it. You're welcome. So, Sue, today we're going to be talking about developing executive presence to build leadership impact. And I, I want to start by having you define what it means to have executive presence. So, yeah, when I started exploring this subject, I found a couple of definitions I really like that I generally work with. And I talk very much about it being an ability to inspire the confidence of others in our capabilities and our potential and our ability to articulate and express expertise in order to influence decision-making, influence our peers, and particularly, I would add, particularly when under pressure as well. Why is it so important for someone to possess executive presence? I think we all want to believe that our technical brilliance in our role or our willingness to work long hours or willingness to run around and be the yes man for the boss, we all want to believe that those things will create career success. But I really think, you know, that's missing this, this X factor of executive presence. And executive presence allows us to build trust with people. I mean, I would say, first of all, leaders are all change agents in organisations. We're all about how do we lead and drive change? How do we bring people along on this transformation journey with us when we have a vision and we set a strategy? How do we bring people along with us? We need to be able to influence people. We need to be able to have credibility with all of our stakeholders, that not only can we do the job, but that we can be seen to do the job and they perceive that we can do the job and that even when there's chaos everywhere, we'll be able to get it done. And all of those things are helping build us, helping build trust. And trust, of course, is fundamental to getting things done in organisations. If you don't trust the person you work with, you don't, you know, you don't bring that extra discretionary effort. So I think all of those elements are important parts of of why it's important. And there's been a number of surveys as well that show that a huge percentage of people believe that a lack of executive presence will hold you back in your career. So even if we look at it from a purely selfish perspective of how do you know how do I want to advance my career, executive presence is critical. Yeah, I want to dig just a little bit deeper on this concept of trust and, and what that really means and how you develop it with your teams. Mm. So people are much more engaged when they trust people. I think intuitive, we all know, we all know that. And there's, there is research out there that demonstrates as well that we are more engaged when we have trusting relationships. 
So how do we build that trust? That talks partly to one of the elements, I think, of building trust is a willingness to be authentic, which requires us to be um, vulnerable. It requires us to demonstrate fallibility. It requires us to take ownership for what's going on and also share something of ourselves as leaders. And those are all the elements that help us build our executive presence. People want to have confidence. There's a huge amount of uncertainty in a world that's really complex. And people for people to have confidence that we can lead them where we want and need to go, they lead to really believe, you know, that we are walking the talk. So I think that's fundamental to how we start building trust is how do I bring something of myself and help inspire this confidence that even though there's a lot of uncertainty and we may not know at any one time precisely how we're going to get there, we need to scope out how we're going to get there. We need to discuss and articulate the vision, the strategy, so that we are cultivating that confidence that we collectively have the ability to get there. Yeah, and sometimes trust is as simple as doing what you say you're going to do so that people can see that you're consistent and uh, you're, you're following your principles. I want to ask you about the, um, I'll call it the more superficial aspects of executive presence, Sue. Um, a lot of times folks think that executive presence is about how you speak and, and maybe even how you dress. How, impart, how important are those two components when it comes to executive presence? So those two components are components that I don't talk about a great deal. They, I feel that they are, they play a role. But I really believe that executive presence starts from within. It comes from uh, an internal drive. It comes from the reflection of actually, what are my strengths? What am I here to do? What is my sense of purpose? Because I think when we really connect with an inner sense of confidence uh, and a real sense of purpose, then we are able to articulate much better how we want people to come along on this journey and how we're going to get there. So I think there's a there's a piece about we absolutely need to show up, you know, groomed and looking like we can get stuff done. But I think I think the world has changed. I think there used to be a real perception that you had to you had to be out buying the sharpest suit. You had to have the right look to have executive presence. And I actually think the world is so much more, the corporate world is so much more diverse now that we are more accepting of, well, I hope we are, more accepting of, of different looks and that we don't have to, you know, to be, for an example, a CFO, you don't have to be a, a grey-haired man in a dark suit. You know, there's there's an acceptance that if I can really articulate my strengths and have confidence in what I can deliver, that will come with me. I will exude that. And I think there is to both voice and how we look, there's a piece about when we understand ourselves and we have confidence in what we can deliver, that does actually help us with our, our posture and how we walk into a room rather than a shrinking violet, you know, we present more confidently with our shoulders back, our chest out, we breathe more fully, which enables us to be 
more powerful in projecting our voice. It enables us to articulate our thoughts more clearly when we learn to manage our own our breath, our voice, our em the embodiment of who we are. So there's definitely a physical aspect to it, but I believe really in starting and working from the inside out and then the outside comes along and we start to exude that. Now, I absolutely believe there's a part that we all have. Sometimes there's an outfit that helps us feel confident. You know, we feel good in ourselves. Yeah. So that can, that can help as well. The outside in and the inside out can both help. But I really believe in working with people from the inside out. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. I think there's, uh, we can all list a number of leaders that don't quote, look the part, dress the part, um, you know, jeans and, uh, and tennis shoes, and they're, they're still commanding a room. And when you talk about the, their speech and their ability to deliver a message and create connection, you use the word confidence a lot. I've written it down probably four times already at least. Um, and, and, and you're right, sometimes the outfit helps you to feel more confident, which is one thing, but that's cart before the horse. Uh, but when you talk about the communication aspect and you're communicating with confidence, you can create more trust, you can create more inspiration, the discretionary effort that you talked about. So let's, let's touch on confidence here. I, I've heard so many leaders say that you know, they feel alone at the top, uh, there's an imposter syndrome complex among a lot of folks. So how can leaders better develop their own confidence? So confidence starts from within as well. I think this is about building, enhancing our self-awareness. This is about understanding the specific, unique combination of strengths and talents, talents, talents and experiences that I bring. So I really believe that a lot of leaders spend too much time on the, on the go, you know, the active, let's go, 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 do, do, do. And what they actually need to do is take some time to, for reflection. So reflection on where have I performed really well? What are my strengths? What did I bring to bear in that situation? And when I've faced adversity, and I think this is about exploring our own stories, this is how did I get here? What worked for me? What didn't work for me? Where might I have some blind spots? So this is about looking at our achievements and understanding what we have achieved and how we have managed to do that so that it's not um, toppling over I would say, into arrogance. You know, we want to make sure we don't go there. That is very damaging to your executive presence as well. But this piece about building self-awareness and building an understanding of our strengths and the wisdom that we have gained from all of our experiences and the challenges we have faced, I think that is a great starting place for building confidence. Sue, for folks who are watching and listening to you now and want to learn more about you, how they can work with you, or even how to invite you to come speak at their next conference, how do they do that? So they can find me at suerosen.com.au, S-U-E-R-O-S-E-N.com.au, or on LinkedIn, um, Sue Rosen. Uh, that's where you'll find me. Awesome. You'd mentioned uh, authenticity, and I know um, authenticity is a, a 
word we hear an awful lot when we're talking about leadership development. Um, where does authenticity meet another topic that I've seen you speak about, humility? How do those two interplay? So, yeah, I've spoken a lot so far about confidence. And I think this, this piece that I'm talking here about building your self-awareness and around your strengths and your stories, those are the three aspects I really talk about, self-awareness, strengths and stories in regards to confidence. They also, that's, they also connect with this need for humility. Because, as I say, arrogance is just as damaging to our executive presence. I, I think we've all seen those people who, who waltz into a room full of bravado, but it's a, it's a mask, it's a veneer, and I think this is where authenticity links these pieces. And the humility is around understanding that other people have value, that we need to welcome the contribution of others. How do we listen you know, so this is this is bringing the authenticity of who we are, and tempering that with a an empathy or compassion for the other people with whom we engage. This is around how do I actively listen, so I welcome contributions of others. I I learn to see and hold multiple perspectives, so that I'm not. I think we. I think the days of the solo hero leader are gone. And how we collaborate requires us to bring humility as well, that we cannot expect to turn up and have all the answers. So therefore, we need to build the contributions of others, welcome the, you know, the diverse expertise and experience so that together we find and craft solutions to those real thorny issues that leaders in businesses face. Yeah, good stuff, Sue. We're going to have to take a quick commercial break here. So you sit tight, Sue. Don't go anywhere. You at home watching and listening, don't go anywhere either. We'll be right, we will be right back on Behind the Numbers after this quick break. Hi, I'm Angela Pipersberg, and I have a new show here in RVN Television called The Angela Pipersberg Show. And I want you to join me every week as I sit with guests and we discuss their life journeys, share wisdom, and tips that will inspire you to live your best life. Don't miss The Angela Pipersberg Show every week here on RVN Television, where we're celebrating life and we're inspiring you to greatness. Hi, I'm Dr. Esther Malabe, and welcome to my show, Achieving a Better You. Through this show, we're going to explore ways to make a better version of you. For example, nutrition, finance, fitness, health. Remember that there's always a way of making a better version of yourself, no matter what the circumstances are. And remember to look for Achieving a Better You show on RVN TV. Some say the world has never been more divided, more self-centered, more uncaring, that we've never been more disconnected. But through our windows, we're able to see so much good every day. And it's clear that a little kindness is never really little. 
Did you know that only 8% of people who set their goals, they actually succeed in achieving them? Well, if you want to be a part of that 8%, then you need to tune in to Achieve with Wanda Martin, where I will teach you tips, tools, and strategies on how to achieve your goals in any field and on any level. So tune in, watch me on the RBN Network on how to achieve your goals and be a part of that and welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and we're talking about executive presence with Sue Rosen, all the way from Australia. Sue, welcome back. I know it's the middle of the night there. We're going to get through this real quick. Thank you again for being with us. I, I want to continue on um, with the, the notion of developing leadership, or excuse me, executive presence, from the standpoint of is it something that is a learnable skill? Is it something that an emerging leader, someone who's aspiring to one day uh, run a team or suddenly is now responsible for a team? How, how do they develop it? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Dave. I think it's really, really important that people understand that it, it is a learned skill. I think we may all start at a different place along a, along a spectrum in terms of being more people-oriented or pe being more extrovert but it's absolutely not dependent upon being the loudest voice in the room or the most gregarious person. It's definitely a learned skill. So I talk about executive presence in, in a model I use, which is around um, confidence, humility, and connection. So we, we spoke before the break about developing our confidence through self-awareness, understanding our strengths and our stories. So one of the things, you know, one of the tips I give people is creating, carving out time to pause, time for reflection on who you are and who you are as a leader, who you want to be as a leader. So I think that's really a great place to start for emerging leaders. This is actually taking a little bit of time out from your schedule of always being about task delivery and starting to understand yourself, who you are and who you want to be as a leader. And that requires, you know, exploring your values, what's really important to you. How do you want to show up as a leader and really uncovering your sense of purpose in what do I want to achieve here? Yeah, so so wanna... that's, that's the first thing I would start with. Okay, L let me dig a little bit deeper when we, we think about communication uh, among I'll call it peer-to-peer -peer communication, leader-to-leader, -leader, and downward communication, leader-to-team. Um, when you think about needing to be authentic and confident, can you be the same person when you're talking to those two different audiences? Absolutely. I'm a big, big, big believer in that you should be the same person in all of your conversations. Now, that doesn't mean you always share everything with everybody because there is a time and a place for, I think, for example, when, when you're working with your team, the people reporting into you, as a leader, if to be authentic, you do need to share something of your personal self with them. However, it is not necessarily going to be helpful if you come into a new role and are immediately like, oh my goodness, I've got no idea what's going on. You know, there's, there's, there's oversharing and there's, there's this piece where they will not have that confidence in you. And so this goes back to actually, how do I have the confidence that I'm stepping into a new role? I don't know everything right now, but I will be able to figure it out. 
and or surround myself with people who will help me figure it out. So I think welcoming the contribution of your team, your direct reports is important um, and not, you know, not really, again, going back to that piece about not covering it all with bravado, sharing something of your vulnerability, but not necessarily throwing your hands up and I don't know what's going on. They need to have confidence that you can lead them. With your peers, there might be a room for, you know, a little bit more of that vulnerability. How do we collectively, and as a leadership team, uncover how we can work best together, how we can be most effective by understanding each other's strengths and weaknesses? So I think it's absolutely about showing up as your whole self in both situations. It is about shaping the conversations slightly differently sometimes. If that makes sense. Yeah. So a lot of times uh, leaders may be reluctant uh, to get coaching for their own uh, benefit because uh, sometimes they don't, quote, see the ROI. What's been your experience and, and what can you say to those leaders who question the investment? Question the investment in coaching? Or, yeah, in, in developing that, executive presence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, 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 in, and more broadly, an investment in executive presence. Look, I really believe that if you don't invest in developing yourself and developing your executive presence, you are ultimately going to suffer in your career because you won't get seen, you won't be developing the relationships. And this is actually the third part of that model. We've talked about confidence, humility, and connection is the third part of that model because it is critical that we are seen, that we have visibility. If we keep our heads down, you know, doing the work, being all about task and focus on deadlines and delivery. That's not enough. And it's not enough when we get particularly to more senior levels. So these are the, where we need to be, you know, lifting our heads up from our spreadsheets and getting out and cultivating relationships. And it's cultivating relationships across the business at a peer level. It's cultivating relationships with more senior leaders above us and also those outside of our organisations. Those are all things which are going to expose us to new opportunities, whether it's new opportunities around internal projects within the organisation or new opportunities in terms of new roles when we're ready to move on into a new organisation. So I think on a purely personal level, there's absolutely ROI because this is going to expose you to new thinking, and new thinking opens up new possibilities and new opportunities. I also think at the, at the corporate level, there's absolutely value in cultivating the executive presence of our leaders because we do want our leaders to be able to front up to external stakeholders. Again, as you become more senior, you might be facing investors, you might be facing you know, market analysts, you are facing shareholders. And even actually at lower levels as well, you know, client facing, we, we want to be able to cultivate this in people so that they are spruiking the business as best they can, regardless of whether they have, are in a sales capacity or a role that is obviously external facing. I think we want our employees to be articulate and expressing the value of themselves, their teams, and their organizations 
in any situation in which they're talking to people. Yes, yeah, Sue, and, and you, you've helped many people in developing executive presence. Is there a theme uh, of the challenges that you've seen in the clients that you've worked with, some of the biggest things and issues that they've needed to overcome? So a couple of things. We talked a lot earlier on about confidence. I think, and you mentioned imposter syndrome, I think there is a whole raft of uh, challenges around that, that people reach a certain level, pot potentially as well when they've been working in a particular, particular function. So I work with a lot of finance professionals, for example, and as they've become more senior and their role starts to become broader in its remit, and they're now leading people who have different kinds of technical expertise, when you're leading a smaller team of people who have a similar background or training as you, you tend to find that a little easier and you jump in to fix things. But once you're, once you're becoming more senior and you're leading people from a different group of backgrounds, different functional skills, you no longer have the technical expertise, that is when it's becoming more important that you um, develop your relationship building, your emotional intelligence, your conversational capabilities. So that is one area that I work with a lot of people on. Another area that comes up quite often is one where, as I said, this tipping over into arrogance, which often actually comes from this need or desire to be seen as the person with the answers. You know, that I have to show up with all the answers because I'm the boss. And actually, that doesn't allow space for other people's contributions. And I've worked with some leaders who become so insistent that they have the right answer, that it's not allowing the contribution of, of peers, potentially from other functions, from sales and marketing, from operations, from whatever the background is, how do I actually learn to listen and work more collaboratively with those people? And then the third way the third challenge I see people have particularly is around building their networks and connections, which comes to communication and relationship building again. How am I actually ensuring that I am visible? Because visibility is an enormous part of what's going to make us successful. Yeah, and that last piece, it's just funny, I had a conversation with the CFO about that very topic yesterday, about being more visible, being out and, and networking. I've seen it so many times where leaders are, as you said, focused on their spreadsheets and focused on task at hand uh, and not developing those relationships. And I can't emphasize enough how critical that is. So we are down to the, uh, the final moments here in the program, but tell the audience how they can connect with you if they want to learn more about you. So would be wonderful if anyone in the audience wants to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Sue Rosen on LinkedIn, or you can find me on my website, suerosen.com.au. And I have written a white paper on cultivating executive presence. So if they connect with me or find my website, they'll be able to download a copy of that um, or send me a message. Great. I'm going to give you the opportunity for the final word here, Sue, in about 60 or 90 seconds. Any uh, advice, tips, tricks, hacks that you might offer the audience that they can take away with them immediately to help develop their executive presence or overcome any of the obstacles that are preventing it? Yep, so I'll try and keep this really succinct. So my first tip actually to everybody when I'm working with people is stop and take a breath. 
I talk to people about creating a strategic pause and that could be a strategic pause throughout your day to stop and reflect and manage how you respond rather than, you know, a knee-jerk reaction to what's going on around you. But I also think of the strategic pause in a bigger sense of carving out time every week, which is for your thinking time. Back to that piece about not always being uh, task-focused, your thinking time to reflect on your values and what is most important in the work you're doing and how you want to show up as a leader. So something around this piece around a strategic pause and taking a breath is where I encourage people to start. Great advice. Sue, thank you so much for spending some time with us today on Behind the Numbers. We really appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Dave. It's been great to be here. Thank you. And thank you at home for watching. We've been talking to Sue Rosen today about developing executive presence. Again, my name is Dave Bookbinder, and I'm the one my clients turn to when they want to know what their most important assets are worth. Please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to have a conversation. Thanks to the Big Cheese today for running the board, making the show run so smoothly, as he always does. And thank you out there for watching and listening. We can't do this program without you. That's all we have for today, gang. We will see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Take care.